back to Parenting is Political. My name is Mo Tester. Um, I am the host of this podcast. I am a non-binary parent. I use the pronouns they, them, and I love sandwiches. I am joined this evening with, or by, <laughs> prepositions are hard, <laughs> by the lovely... My name is Jasmine. Oh, yeah, Jasmine. But wait, how do you know they're coming back? You said welcome back. I like to... Pre- what if they're joining for the first time? Well, if you're joining from the fir- for the first time, welcome. Cool. Period. Anyway. If you're joining us again, though, welcome back. <laughs> back to me. <laughs> I'm Jasmine. My pronouns are she, her, hers. I don't know what else is important to say at this moment. Cool. If you hear any noises or rustling around, it's because August, our youngest baby of four, is here with us. Yeah. We usually have August on every podcast because uh, we believe in normalizing the fact that parents work and do stuff and their kids are a part of their lives and it shouldn't be... Uh, a point of, like, shame or embarrassment that, like, kids make noises in the background. Yeah. What we do doesn't have to be sanitized where young people are relegated to the parameters, particularly when we're talking about parenting, which yeah. really is about the well-being of young people. True. Although we are recording this right after our kids went to bed, so... <laughs> well, that's because the other three are dicks. <laughs> and this seven-month-old is a little bit easier to finagle. True. But, you know... For authenticity's sake. Well, um, this is going to be the second episode in our little mini-series that we're having in the second season of Parenting is Political, where we're going to be talking about the different characteristics of white supremacy culture. White supremacy! I knew you were going to do that! How did I know you were going to do that? Because we've been living together for too long. You're the Post Malone. Shut up. Don't compare me to that. podcasters. That always tired person. Well, uh, the first episode we talked about perfectionism and how uh, that is something that holds white supremacy culture in place because it doesn't allow for anything to fall outside of the margins of perfectionism. But who gets to decide what's perfect? And that's kind of what we talked about, mm-hmm. among other things. Yes, yes. Uh, this week, however... I'm excited about it. We're talking about another habit of white supremacy culture, which is a sense of urgency. Yeah. What does that mean? It's pretty pervasive, this habit of white supremacy culture. So pervasive that we don't even realize that we are programming our children this way. Yeah. Um, from the very inception of their life when they're in utero, uh, being carried by their mom or their dad or their parent during a pregnancy, mm-hmm. a fetus mm-hmm. is subliminally subjected to all of these senses of urgency. Um, it's interesting because even epidural rates show a sense of urgency, right? Yeah. Which is underscored by our anxiety. Mm-hmm. It's underscored around like, oh, I've been pregnant for 38 weeks. It's enough. It's done. Yeah. The idea that a baby might take maybe 40 or 41, or 42, and in some cases, 43, is just not really acceptable. Mm-hmm. And so at every stage of life, in parenting, and even relationships, um, sorry if y'all hear the, the squeaking <laughs> the squeaking of our rocking chair. I'm currently nursing August. 
in um, our rocking chair speaks our, horribly. Yes. Um, but thank you to our sweet friends who bought it for us. Yes. Anyway, so the sense of urgency is really, there is not a single place in our lives where we do not feel external and internalized messaging around a sense of urgency. Oof, that's a big statement. But it's also true. So true. Like, I can't think of a time where I didn't feel that. Yeah. Whether it's just getting out the door and, like, rushing the kids, or if it's just, like, my personal growth. Like, I want to be somewhere in my personal growth faster than I allow myself the time to actually grow. Mm. So do you want to unpack a little bit based on... Absolutely. Go for it. Um, So... Some of the characteristics or what, how you'd even define a sense of urgency is that it, um, and why it's a part of white supremacy culture, is that a continued sense of urgency often makes it difficult to take the time to be inclusive of everybody. Oh, yeah. Um, those of us who are, have different capabilities and abilities and um, different ways of thinking through things often get left out of the corporate boardroom or the parent-teacher conferences or one-on-one conversations with folks um, when there's a sense of we need to get things done quickly so you can move on to the next thing and produce more and produce more. Mm. So it makes it difficult to be inclusive of everybody around us. Um, It Mm. also takes away from the idea of like a democratic way of thinking and decision-making and long-term processing. So it makes it move more towards a authoritarian type of situation instead of like a let's have everybody's voice involved which we see a lot in parenting right (laughs) absolutely absolutely um there is sort of this um caregiver or parental supremacy Mm -hmm. where the notion is that because i'm older or because i'm the person who pays the bills or because i am your parent or caregiver i'm not gonna take time to vet your ideas and have you contribute Mm -hmm. to this micro community that we're part of um, because the hierarchy of -hmm. which I am on top of calls me to make these decisions really rapidly. Yeah. Um, The thing that's always stood out to me about sense of urgency is that the ways in which capitalism... Oh, I wrote a whole thing in my notes about this. Capitalism uses a sense of urgency... And not in the way that most folks would think, but in the way it shows up for me is around ableism. Mm-hmm. I'm a person, you know, I'm I'm not fully hearing on my left side, pretty much deaf, like 80, yeah. 80% non-hearing on my left side. And so with, when sound gets loud or I'm tired or I'm distracted or anything else, it gets really difficult to communicate well and to have a buy-in to conversations Mm -hmm. that are happening. And I see the ways in which, whether it's corporate or interpersonal or uh, like just social in in community spaces, people's uh, sense of urgency keeps them from slowing down enough to accommodate me. And it relegates those of us who need extra time and extra intentionality um, to really be a part of conversations and decision making and spaces. And um, yeah, absolutely. 
The other way that I think that capitalism uses a sense of urgency is that it commodifies individuality and it says we should all have the same experience and the same capability of processing Mm -hmm. and actualizing whatever it is we're trying to understand or experience at the exact same rate in service of getting work done. Yeah. How many times have we told the kids... Or we, you know, we've heard other people tell their kids, like, just hurry up because we have things to do. Oh, it happens every day with me, for sure. Especially now that uh, we're homeschooling and all three of our kids have such different learning, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like habits Habits styles, of learning. Yeah. yeah, styles of learning, that's it. But even and, just their personalities, But honestly. yeah, honestly, and like, what, how I teach one of our kids is completely different than how I teach the other one. And if mm-hmm. I tried to make it, which is what happens in schools, but that's another conversation. But if I try to make it uniform and I said, well, this is the best way that we're going to do it. Everyone has to do it this way. It, ew, I can't even imagine, especially with how, <laughs> how vocal our kids are around like what they need um, mm-hmm. and their wants and desires. But like, it just, it doesn't, it doesn't work that way, but it would be so much easier. Like I would get things done so fast and we can move on to the next thing. If I was just like, this is how we're going to do it. We're moving on. But the intentionality of slowing down and, like, not rushing through things and not having that pressure of, like, we have to do X, Y, and Z today or we're failures or we haven't produced or whatever X, Y, and Z. We're not being productive. Yeah. The sense of of urgency really drives the idea of productivity. Yeah. And productivity is a tactic of capitalism. Mm -hmm. It's extractive. It... Um, breaks down your identity and your creativity and the beauty of who you are as a unique individual as a part of a thriving ecosystem and just says that the best and the most valuable things about you are what you can produce. And if you can't produce it or if you can't produce it in this time frame, then you're not a valuable part of the machine. And that's just not how people work. Um, And you see this in standardized testing, that really cuts folks out who are the outliers. You see this in the way that curriculum is structured. You see it in development. Like if you've ever mm-hmm. had a developmental app and, and you're worried that your four or five-year-old hasn't potty trained yet. Ugh, yeah. Well, that's a sense of urgency that's rooted in what? It's just rooted in um, a fake normative standard that was based on some data of a specific group. Yep. But not your kids. Mm-mm. Not your personal ecology Right? And yeah. if we think about personal ecology and that each family is an Hold ecosystem. On. What's ecology? Yeah. Yeah. So ecology is the study of ecosystems, okay. is like natural habitats and how they're interconnected and all the layers that go into that. Right. And so each family has sort of an ecology, which is their universe. Mm-hmm. And then within a universe, they have systems of stars and planets, right? And then even on the planets, there are different environments and um, different temperament, or excuse me, and different, oh, what the fuck is the word that I'm thinking of? It's not temperaments. Temperatures? No. I'll think Personalities? Of no. No. Tem- I don't know. Sweetie. You know, like the difference between a tundra and a desert. What are those oh. called? Oh. Everyone listening is like, this is what it is. is They're like, you're screaming at the speaker right now. Yeah, we don't know. We'll think of it tonight. So so anyway, (laughs) so what I'm trying to convey is that there are multi-layered systems within systems, even in your own family, 
right? There's a system between me and my wife. There's a system between me and my baby. There's a system between me, my wife, and my baby. And then you build out from that. And it's not just the people either. It's environments. Like there's a system and experience. There's an ecosystem between me and my home Mm. and me and my wife in my home or me and one of my kids in my home. Um, So the uniqueness of each ecosystem is shaved away in favor of models and this standard of being that often relegates those of us with disabilities or the other, Mm -hmm. which are primarily, you know, folks who deviate from the norms that white supremacy say are valuable. So people people who are trans and non-binary, people who are queer, people who are black and indigenous, um, you know, women, all those, all those quote-unquote minority categories we don't often find ourselves reflected in these normative measurements that capitalism says is valuable for how we should be in family, in community, um, or achieving milestones. Absolutely. And I love that. And something else I really wanted to touch on with a sense of urgency is that frequently what happens, and I see this a lot in like, social justice, activist spaces, particularly with white folks, is that we sacrifice potential allies for quick and highly visible results. Quick and easy solutions, which means that we often overlook and sacrifice the input and the interests of communities of color, particularly like black, queer, and trans women, in order to win victories for white people so that we're seen in the community as these social justice activists. And there's that sense of urgency that we make quick results that are highly visible, that don't really change anything, but look really good for the newspaper headline or mm-hmm. for your Facebook update status or fill in the blank. Yeah. But that's a sense of urgency that like, oh, there was a problem that was done in this community that I'm not even really a part of. And but I gotta do something, gotta about, do it. something about it. And I gotta do it quick without thinking it through or without talking to the people who have been there, who've been doing the work, who are going to actually be impacted by what I'm choosing to do, and I have to do it now or else the time window passes where people will care about this, mm-hmm. and then I won't get the accolades and the pat on the back and my, like, white allyship thumbs yeah. up. Yeah, and so that is essentially also a tactic of colonization, mm. Right? Because colonization says, you better hurry up and take up space and claim land, claim space, um, whether it's literal land or um, symbolic land. It could be emotional land. It could be speaking on a subject. Right? Colonization says, you better do it quick before someone else does. And you don't get to weigh in or you don't. And, And so a habit for those of us who are wanting to decolonize our parenting, be more just in how we develop these ecosystems that are restorative and generative, is to ask questions about and be curious about the ways in which urgency shows up in our own life. You know, what is it about our own anxieties and personal narratives that are driving us to make decisions, to create systems, to expand and replicate in ways that might be harming other people who are far more vulnerable than us and or harm ourselves because it's not based in sustainability, mm-hmm. right? And that's yeah. super important, this question of sustainability yeah. is 
the energy that we're carrying with this choice, is it sustainable for everyone who's involved, not just us? And oftentimes in parenting, we're able to sustain and be okay under a sense of urgency. We're running and we're throwing everybody in the car and we're doing X, Y, and Z. And it's okay because it doesn't impact us. Right. But our youngest, most vulnerable person who we should be setting, that person should be setting the pace, it impacts them greatly. Yeah. And we just look at them as they are subordinate or they need to grow up or they just need to suck it up Mm -hmm. or they're a thorn in our side rather than flipping it and saying, I have a lot of power. I have a lot of privilege. I have a lot of resources to handle the weight of this discomfort, but this young person doesn't. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And so sustainability from the ecology model is really, really critical as you're developing parenting practices to really interrogate um, how you're making choices for your family. Mm -hmm. It's also important to note that the other layer of what you were saying earlier (laughs) around needing to engage in justice, and I see this all the time in people that I coach around restorative justice who are parents, is once they realize something is wrong and they've been teaching their children Mm. a harmful or oppressive oppressive habit, they immediately want to fix it. Yes, I'm so glad you brought this up. I wanted to talk about this. Yeah, they want to have like a couple of weeks heart-to-heart with their 15-year-old and talk about why blackface and using ebonics is inappropriate and then they want it to be done. Yeah. But they don't understand that the system of harm they've been living in, white white supremacy, has Mm -hmm. started from the very beginning. Yeah seeding these messages and internalizing this propaganda of violence um, and whiteness. And so you're not going to solve that in two or three weeks. You can solve it. And it's impossible. And the solution is rooted in relationship, not Mm -hmm. just to black people and the things that you check off that you've done, but relationship to the other white people in your life Mm -hmm. and um, defusing the bombs of whiteness that have been internalized by both of you. But because of your white anxiety, you feel this sense of urgency of like, no, I've got to make sure everyone in my family is a social justice warrior now and we got to get our scorecard. And then on top of that, you have that sense of, I have to be perfect with it too. Going back to last week. Perfectionism. Right? Like not only do we have to have the sense of like, this needs to be done now, but it has to be done perfectly. And then oftentimes because we get caught up there, we end up going, well, I'm so overwhelmed, I'm not going to do anything. Yeah. Which is the opposite pendulum swing, right? Yeah, it's it's fail start. And I think that's part of the... That's a part of the allure of the tactic. That's part of the Mm -hmm. impact of this tactic of white supremacy. Yeah. Is if we can get you so caught up in the urgency of every single little thing, you don't have to think about the ways in which whiteness is got this stealth plan Mm -hmm. to infiltrate every part of your life, right? You're so caught up in urgency and the rush that you don't realize that white supremacy, capitalism, and patriarchy have ingrained themselves in the very walls of your home, and you never address it because you're caught up in that moment. And not... Sorry, were you going to say something? Go go for it, Oh, my goodness, okay. So not only (laughs) has... And I want this to, like, really be heard, but not only has your child been receiving those messages of white supremacy from the very beginning, but so have you. Absolutely. And you have so much work to un- to undo and relearn, and that's going to take time in and of itself. And so this sense of urgency plus perfectionism is super detrimental to, like, really restorative work actually being done. And that kind of work takes time. Mm-hmm. And it takes consistency and it takes the ability. And we don't like it. We, we want it don't. now. Better, bat, better, faster. Because capitalism mm-hmm. says you got to produce, you have to consume. 
and you got to get it done so that you can move on to the next thing. Yeah. But like, what would our parent, just even our parenting look like if we slowed down? What would our relationship with our spouse or even with ourself look like if we slowed down? Ourself. Just and, for, like maybe even just one hour out of the day. Like just slow down. And this Start is, with something. This is so important and we don't have, um, you know, a shit ton of time to dive into the weeds around this. But one thing that I definitely want folks to know and explore for themselves about the ways in which urgency um, shows up is that when we talk about our relationship with ourself and to others, particularly around um, deep, intimate attachment, Mm -hmm. urgency has a way of harming trans and non-binary folks and folks with disabilities because it encourages you to stay in your head and in your anxious animal brain and never really go into your body. Right, mm-hmm. and never slow down enough to be present with your body and its needs and its senses, which for all of us who carry generational body trauma or just trauma as individuals in our body, that's a scary thing, and we avoid it anyway. Mm-hmm. But the avoidance and the compounding of us not being able to be congruent and experience our body um, and be like integrated as a self is a habit. Yeah is a habit of this system. Mm-hmm. And capitalism, white supremacy, and patriarchy wants you to be separated from your body. Mm-hmm. It wants you to not um, be present with yourself because if you were present with yourself, you might it, you might have the chance of discovering that the things that you need are based in human and nature-based um, experiences. Yeah. The needs that you have aren't filled by the myths and tactics of capitalism, patriarchy, and white supremacy. And it's actually about slow, intentional work, yeah. right? So it's just another way of disconnecting you with yourself and with others. And the other really important layer of that, particularly around the ways in which folks are becoming more mindful of the Me Too movement, is urgency is a tactic of bypassing consent. Ooh, What? <laughs> What do you mean? Yeah, so I mean that if you can feel a sense of urgency, whether it's false or real, mm-hmm. and you don't feel empowered to slow down, to check in with yourself, to check in with your values, to check in with others, you're probably going to give a coerced version of consent mm-hmm. because you feel applied pressure to do whatever it is. Damn. And I'm not talking about just sexual engagements and exchanges but also you know I mean imagine a young person being given a choice about what they want to have for snack and the parent just doesn't give a fuck at the moment and if a child feels rushed and rushed and doesn't get to participate as an equal agent of power in that scenario that urgency subverts a child's development and well-being and we teach a child you do what the boss fucking says because the boss doesn't have time for you to feel or think through this. Or you don't get fed. Or you don't get what you want. Yeah. Those are all fantastic points. And, again, lots of things to think about. You know, as you're listening to this and digesting this, I hope that you keep in mind all of the things that we're talking about, especially that sense of perfectionism. Um, as you're moving forward, if you're, if you're a parent and you're trying to figure out, you know, how to 
be a critically conscious parent and working through all these ideas, or if you're just, if you're an individual who's in a relationship with anybody, all of us experience a sense of urgency surrounding anything and everything. Um, and it can seem very overwhelming to try to tackle these things mm-hmm. and feel like you need to be perfect at it. And honestly, one of the best things to do to, to counteract the sense of urgency is just to be really realistic with our goals and our expectations and even our deadlines. Um, putting too much on our plate at once. Like I, I can almost hear some of y'all like screaming on the other side, like, this all sounds really great in theory, Mo and Jasmine, but you don't understand. I have these kids screaming in the background. Everyone's having meltdowns. I don't have time to slow down. And if that's your first response, start there. Because if your first response is, I don't have time to slow down, that's where you need to begin and figure out, yeah, you do, you do have time to slow down. You're not going to be perfect at it. Don't set this unrealistic benchmark for yourself that you have to achieve by X amount of time or else you're a terrible parent or you're a terrible spouse or you're a terrible mm. coworker or whatever. Um, you know, you have to be realistic with it and you have to start somewhere and you, you need to realize that it's not always going to go exactly how you think it's going to go. Yeah, and just, I think, resisting, you know, first, slather this with grace yeah. and self-compassion. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we live in late capitalism where we don't always have a lot of power and agency in deciding what our schedules look like yeah. and the pressing deadlines and all the other things that are involved with work or we don't have the kind of support that we deserve when we create families to have maternity or paternity or family leave, right? Yeah. Um, and so there has this has to be tempered with grace and understanding. But even in... The smallest ways, we can practice slowing down, giving people the information they need, engaging in intentional consent, and then radical honesty. Mm -hmm. You can communicate to your kids, I would like you to hurry up because I feel anxious about making it to this place, and I would like X, Y, and Z. Can you help me with that? Mm. But you could also slow down for your kids and let them know that you arriving to a place on time is not more important than the, the momentary, uh, you know, the spur of the moment session of teaching them to tie their shoes they decided they wanted to tie their shoes on their own. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right? Because if everything is a power struggle, uh, particularly in young people, and an experiment in development and growth, then you sacrifice those moments in favor of sometimes things that really aren't actually as pressing if, yeah. if we eliminated the sense of urgency from the external sources as we first thought it was. Absolutely. And so the way that we do this in our family is we really honor seasons and mm, rhythms. Yes, we do. And we talk about working really hard and being intentional and rigorous during the week, whether it's on our schoolwork or on tasks we have around the home or the work that I do in supporting me. Um, and we apply that kind of rigor and then we say when it's time to play, we really do rest. We embrace rhythms and seasons and we understand that we can't rush the weekend. We can't rush our holidays. We can't rush our vacations that, that we all sort of trend toward them. And then when we are are there in that space, we try and be really, really present. Mm -hmm. And then we also use seasons as a model that like, you can't rush spring. 
Yeah, it's going to come whenever the fuck it wants. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, you know, a part of a sense of urgency that we haven't really touched on in this conversation is about uh, the capacity that so many of us don't have for discomfort. We have not been modeled and socialized to accept levels of discomfort, even minute levels of discomfort. And so urgency helps us move out of the discomfort and escape the pain. Absolutely. Whether it's physical or it's social pain or it's emotional pain, we just want to move right on past it. Not take the time to sit in it and learn from it and hear what whatever the discomfort is trying to convey to us. Right. Well, it's because in so many ways, the systems that we're all being socialized under have fed us this myth that we're not resilient. Yeah. That we're not capable. And if we even allow the pain or discomfort or inconvenience, even just simple inconvenience, happen to us, even a least bit, it'll undo us. Mm-hmm. But the antidote to that toxin is the belief that we are deeply resilient, we're connected to our ancestors in the past, we're connected and will be ancestors to young people and and all kinds of folks in our future, and that we're anchored in our present. And so being really intentional to know that we don't have to let a sense of urgency inform us um, and pressure us to expedite our way through pain or discomfort increases our tolerance and increases our resiliency. Absolutely. We learn how to get through the winter. Oh, what a great way to end the episode, honestly. I think we should end there. I literally could have been like, everything's bullshit. And you'd been like, babe, you're so poetic. (laughs) You just love me. That's all it is. You're biased. I am. You're right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay, so, you know, taking what Jasmine said, y'all, you've got this. You can do this. You're resilient. We believe in you. There's grace for whenever things are out of control. And there's so much room for growth. And I hope that you are gentle with yourself as you're unlearning these deeply seated habits and characteristics of white supremacy culture. Augie has things to add. Another way that we resist urgency yeah. is we don't pressure ourselves to put out uh, these podcast Dude, episodes. I was going to say that, <laughs> but I didn't want to make it sound like whatever. But, like, honestly, though, there have been times where I have been freaking out. I'm like, babe, we need to get an episode done. I feel like these people... They're going to give what, up on us. They're going to give up on us. They're not going to listen. That's, that's competition. And that's it's, the it's consumerism. Lie. And it's like I have to give it to them. Because they're not going to want to consume it if it's not weekly. But listen, it's the fear of scarcity that capitalism Mm. teaches you. If you don't offer your audience something unique, someone better than you will come along. And you should be afraid because there's only so much attention and love to spread around. You better take your piece before someone else takes it from you. No, you're good enough. I know. Thank you. But I practice, I intentionally practice uh, going against that sense of urgency by saying, Look, I have four kids. I'm busy. I've got stuff going on and you know, like I have that sense of urgency to get these things like this podcast done. And sometimes at the end of the day, I have nothing left to give. Yeah. And it's okay to be like, look, I got to take care of myself. That podcast is going to happen when it's going to happen. And it's going to be damn good podcast. Yeah, Quality over quantity. And I'm not going to sweat it. And so if y'all are like, wow, Mo and Jasmine are really inconsistent with these times that they're releasing these episodes. Yeah, we are. And it's all right. 
I mean, honestly, you are. Yeah. This is your project. I'm a Virgo. Listen, y'all. I would be so on time. It would be ridiculous. <laughs> Don't. I'm not letting you rope me in. I'm no. not letting you rope me in. Screw you. But listen, it's important to note that though this is a tactic and habit of white supremacy, black people and non-black POCs, we're just as vulnerable to internalized habits of white supremacy. Mm-hmm. So this sense of urgency permeates cross-racially, cross-ethnicities, Cross social classes, and that's what systems of, of harm do, right? Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not a yes. It's rooted in this myth of white superiority and domination, but it's designed. The system's designed to hurt all of us. Yeah, totally. So, well, if you y'all. like what you heard and you want to give us oh, a yeah, follow on Instagram, do it. If you want to sign up to never miss an episode because we put them out randomly. <laughs> Maybe sign up on our email list. You can find that at parentingispolitical.org. And if you really love us and you really want to support us, you can also uh, financially help Become us a out. a paid subscriber. And thank yeah. you to everyone hey, hey. who has been doing that. That's yeah. incredible. Absolutely. Hey. August Again, appreciates it. all of that can be found at parentingispolitical.org. Org. 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 All right, Augie, you have anything else to say? Can you say Baba. Can you say, Baba, look at that microphone, Augie. Oh, gosh. We're going for it. All right, y'all. You have a great one. I'm out of here. Bye. Bye. Bye.